Hey everybody, yes, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, to be honest, your hair is a little ruffled today. Mm. It's all over the place. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Can you fill me in? Jason, I am just lazy. You know, this is what happens, and everyone knows now. I've been working at home for like 12 years or something, you know, and everyone knows, now everyone understands where I'm at. When you work at home, you just stop caring, you know, and you're like, this is what I look, this is how I look when I wake up, and this is how I look till I go to bed, unless I leave the house. So, I don't know what you're surprised about. I know you put a shirt on just for our meeting here, (laughs) so don't act like you didn't. (laughs) See, those those are my pants. You're actually wearing a belt. I'm actually wearing pants. Jason, do you have have shoes on is what I want to know. That's why we get got to get back on YouTube soon. Chris. Oh my gosh, this man's wearing shoes. You got me beat. Got me beat in everything. Wow. Well, Jason, you're dressed for the part, and I'm I'm your silly sidekick. So I appreciate you having me here. Thank okay. You. That said, your hair's not usually messed up, and it is today. Do we have a haircut coming up soon? Because it looks pretty long. You know, I don't know if you can tell, but can you see? I'm, I'm growing I see, I, yeah. my beard I see out. The beard, yeah. I'm kind of just going for a you know a rough 2022, just you know caveman look. So I told okay. told my wife like no, no haircuts for a while. I'm just gonna. What she said? What she say about that? Oh, she said I look horrible. Okay. So. Okay, Chris. So uh, she was responsive to you, and today we're going to be responsive Ooh, to the Google Ads nice. environment and yes. talk about responsive ads. This is part two. It's looking likely that we're going to be doing a part three as well. There's a lot to cover. There is. Uh, with responsive ads, last week we talked about ad copy uh, and still making good ads that speak to users' problems. And this week we're going to kind of talk about some more technical things with responsive ads. And then probably next week we're going to be talking about maybe some of the things you'll run into when you set up a responsive ad, the different options and and what they mean. So, Chris, um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. There's a lot of information to cover. Is there any more personal vein topics you want mm. to talk about, like your facial hair or your beard <laughs> or your your uh, your hair or your marriage, which you were talking about before the show? Do you want to go into that? Or no. <laughs> do you just want to get to the topic? Yeah, let's here? just get to it. Let's get what the people want. Let's get them the Google Ads content. Okay. Well, that said, Chris, we're going to jump into responsive ads uh, right after this message from you. Optio.com slash PSP is the relevant tool to help you manage your Google ads, responsive Google ads. I have a wonderful tool. It is in the description of this podcast. This You don't even have to pay for this. Optio is an amazing resource. And to prove it to you, there's this really cool tool that they've offered up for free because they heard we were talking about responsive ads and they offered this really neat tool to help you visualize what your responsive ad looks like. So this preview tool doesn't require a login. Doesn't, you just click on it and it's there. Try it out to see if you're new to responsive ads or you want to see what responsive ads look like, or you want to be able to take a screenshot to share with your client, what responsive ads would look like, you know, on Google. This is a tool. It's really neat. And this is just a sample of the really creative minds behind Optio. There are so many cool, unique things that they're doing. They're just like you and I, you know, they're a company that understands that Google ads is a complicated system. It needs tools. It needs visualizations, reporting, all kinds of things to make it work right. 
And I'll tell you what, you can try it out for free. The offer still stands. You know, they give stuff away for free and they're still giving us stuff away for free. You can try the entire tool. You can try the entire tool for eight weeks. That's two months for free at optio.com slash PSP. The link is in the description. Try it out. Use the chat to let them know you heard about it on the paid search podcast and you get eight weeks for free. Okay, thanks, Chris. And uh, this week, uh, we shared a couple of resources last week from Google Ads uh, help documentation, and they're very helpful. And this week, we ha- we have another one. It's called About Responsive Search Ads, and we'll have a link to it in our description. By the way, when you're down in that description, we'd appreciate if you leave us a rating and or review. That five, helps, star. Uh, five stars. Five yeah, stars, or five it stars. doesn't count. You w- if you want to hear your review read by the... Jason Rothman, award-winning, award-winning Google Ads manager. Make it a five-star. Definitely, Chris. And um, also, don't forget, we have our first 100 episodes out there available individually and then also in 25 uh, bulk discount packages, 25 episodes. Uh, you can find those at paidsearchpodcast.com. First 100 episodes, a lot of uh, meaty content there, and um, a lot of people like those, so we want to remind you about those. So, Chris... Responsive search ads, just a little reminder for everyone, what is going to happen Uh, starting in June 30th, 2022, you'll no longer be able to serve or edit expanded text ads. You'll still be able to run them, but you can't edit them or create new ones. Uh, We're reading from the help here. Expanded text ads will continue to serve and you'll still see reporting on their performance. You'll still be able to pause and resume them. It's a very interesting one. Yeah, that's surprising. Pause and resume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or remove them if needed. Uh, and then there's an interesting line here. We strongly encourage you to transition to responsive search ads. <laughs> when Google, Google very much, uh, they give you a very good idea of what they want you to do based on behavior yeah. and seeing how stuff just happens and looking at their behavior and just changes to their platform and stuff. But whenever they verbalize something and say the word strongly encourage it, um, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to learn a lot about this responsive search ads here as we make this Usually, transition. Chris, when when they when they say strongly encourage, what they mean is right now you have a choice. Mm. That choice is going away. That's usually what they mean by that. We strongly encourage. It usually means that uh, the choice is going away. Get used to it. Yeah. Another interesting thing about Google communication and stuff, they never change their mind. <laughs> they never go back to the way it was before. Yeah. Yeah. Once they say that something's going to happen, it seems to always happen. So they must have some kind of internal decision-making process where by the time they get to us with the communication to the public, then it's already decided and it's going to happen. So this is going to happen. Um, so, Chris, I have a little bit of a plan here, what I'm going to do with uh, expanded text ads and then responsive ads. Knowing this change is coming Six about six months from now, uh, the midpoint of the year, 2022. Do you have a plan? Are you going to keep using expanded text ads? What, what are you going to do here? I'll tell you, I absolutely am still going to be using expanded text ads. In fact, once June 30th starts looming closer, I might do, you know, some, some clients I have dates or seasonal types of things in the ads. What I might start doing is removing some of those seasonality things where I put the year in the ad or things like that. Because you won't be able to edit them. Yeah, because I won't be able to edit them. So what I might start doing is removing some of those seasonality types of things just so I have them in my tool belt because 
Um, much like the old standard text ads. Jason, I'm sure you have some accounts in, in your MCC that have some old standard text ads. They're still there. They didn't force delete them or anything. They can still run. You can turn them back on. So these will be the same way. So just by having them and letting them be kind of evergreen, you know, so they don't have anything that's very specific. They can, you, So you, there's just a little bit of security for me to know that I can turn that on and this headline will show first. This headline will show second. There's no question about that. And if there's a third headline, it will show this one. You know, I, I, I kind of like that. And, uh, you know, there's no giant little warning on the status saying this is poor. This is, you know, average. This is good. You know, it's, it's kind of nice to have it. Chris, I was talking to another Google Ads pro this week, someone who's very, very experienced and good at Google Ads. And just so you know, I do talk to other people who are good at this. And I thought um, you got everything you needed here, Jason. I thought I satisfied all your knowledge needs. I used to, oh, but wow. you got to keep it fresh hmm. just to keep you on your toes. No, there's a little competition here for oh. hmm. the number two slot on the paid search <laughs> podcast on my podcast. On your podcast. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they had a good idea. They were they were saying basically what their plan is is anything new they're building they're going to do. I'm sorry about that, Chris. That was thought you could take a joke. It was funny. Take a joke. I'm not. No, it was was funny until I saw the sad look on your tear. The tear. I got something in my eye. I accidentally poked myself in the eye. That's why you see the tear. I'm fine. Okay. Okay. I'm fine. They had a good plan, um, and their plan is basically they're going to create. A responsive ad in every ad group going forward in new new accounts and stuff, new campaigns sure. in those ad groups. But they're also going to do like two expanded text ads. So that's kind of their strategy. One responsive ad, two expanded ads. I like that. I'm going to kind of uh, clone that be- and use that because that's you're going to get a responsive ad in there, which you have to have. Or you don't have to, but very much need to kind of get with that. And then I also like the fact that you're going to have a couple expanded text ads in there to test it for an ad copy and see if you just have a breakout winner. And then when this change comes and you can no longer edit expand text ads in at the end of June, you'll at least have some data on expanded text ads and you'll be able to see like which one's got great click to rates. And then you can use that to guide your responsive ad copy going forward. So definitely still going to do both while we can. I think that's kind of the consensus here. Yeah. So there's another section here, Chris. Uh, what do responsive search ads do? And I'm gonna I'm gonna read this to you. And anything that stands out, okay. Uh, let me know. So responsive search ads let you create an ad that adapts to show more text and more relevant messages to your customers. Enter multiple headlines and descriptions when creating a responsive search ad, and over time, Google automatically tests different combination and learns which combinations perform best by adapting your ads content to more closely match potential customer search terms responsive search ads may improve your campaign's performance yeah that i mean what jumps out at me is there are different combinations that perform best and the language that they use in this implies some variance based on the person's search term. So what that what that's saying is it's not matching best to what it does overall. It's matching best to that specific search term. So when that person searches, let's let's say 
um, you know, chiropractor near me, something like that, you know, and that's a common search that you get. That's a search term. It knows that if it uses this combination, this certain ad, you know, responsive ad combination, it gets a better performance. I don't know what the performance indicator. It does not say click-through rate is that. It just says that it gets a better performance. So to me, it's almost as if looking at one ad for, let's say, 20 keywords or 10 keywords, there's another level of depth there that we're not privy to, that we can't see. It's almost as if Google should show us this is the percentage ad copy we use for this search term. This is the percentage ad copy we use for this search term. You know what I mean? Yeah. It gets deep, and it's it's frustrating that we can't see that. Well, as we've read this section, and as we'll read more sections, especially uh, when we get to next week, my spidey sense was going up just like yours was. I was, when you really read these words, it seems like there's a whole new layer of complexity going into ad copy and search terms. And just like you, I was like, whoa, something's going on here where I call it the personalization of Google ad search. That seems to be happening more and more where you're going to have a responsive ad, a bunch of ad copy, but there may be one little headline that works well for not even just one of your keywords, uh, say 20 yeah, keywords, yeah. but one of your search terms. 500 search terms <laughs> right. that those 20 keywords get. Yeah. And when that person does that search twice a month or something, that ad's gonna, that part of the ad's going to show up. So a lot of strange things are going to happen like that. Um, it makes me think that we're in the right direction here of simple ad groups yeah. and putting a, as much as possible into one ad group. And getting away from skags because like if they're going to now select ad copy based on search terms, it should allow for more kinds of keywords or a larger group of keywords to be in an ad group because why create a separate ad group because you want to have separate ad copy yeah. to show up on those separate keywords. So like movers in Dallas versus office movers, office movers can have their own ad group because you can have an ad that speaks to that. Now, I'll still have an ad group for office movers, but there might be more nuanced keywords that maybe now I'd be creating their own ad group for. And going forward, maybe I'd put them all in one ad group. Our famous dentist in Plano. Yeah. Exactly. Say there's some city, uh, I'm going to search it right now, Plano, Texas. Maybe there's some city right by Plano, like Allen, Texas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And... Maybe in the past you would have dentist Plano as an ad group or Plano in ad group and Allen in ad group and have like keywords like dentist and Allen, dentist and Plano in those respective ad groups. Maybe now you can get away with them in the same ad group and you have a headline that says local dentist in Plano and that will show for the Plano search terms right. and the Allen dent local dentist and Allen will show for the Allen search terms. I don't know. But I have a hunch that that seems to be what they're trying to get at. That's what they're implying here. And yeah, you're on, you're on the exact same mind frame that I am here. That's that's what I was thinking. My thought is I I wish they would show it to us. And we've talked about this before in previous episodes where we feel like the responsive search ad system is missing a depth of complexity and reporting that that we really need. 
And I feel like it'll probably get there. I feel like, you know, that's going to be the next step once they go full blast. But, uh, yeah, that, that absolutely feels like the case. You, you, you don't need a responsive search ad for every one. You can actually load it with different types of things, and it chooses based on the relevancy of that headline to that search term. So we possibly might need fewer ad groups. Mm, and yeah. as far as uh, one other thing, Chris, um, if they are going to be test, like it sounds like a responsive ad is a testing machine based on this language. Uh, Google automatically tests different combination and learns which combinations perform best. So it's a testing machine. And so if we, and we'll cover this next episode, but we, we talked about a little at the end of last episode, that advanced reporting thing on responsive ads where they give you a column that actually says bad yeah. or poor, and they recommend pausing or getting rid of those ones. Editing an ad in 2020-21 is sacred. We don't do that. I don't do that. You, if you, an ad's not performing, you pause it, like an expanded text ad, and you start over and you make a new one. Because right, we have this right. whole mindset of like ads have their own kind of ad rank or quality score thing going on, and we don't want to reset it. So you know that like kind of don't rock the yeah, ball it, approach it, to ads. And even if you editing edit, ads, if you edit a, 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 a an expanded text ad, it doesn't keep the ad; it replaces the ad. So yeah, you're right. exactly so right. So I've always been hesitant to edit ads. But now if they're going to be automatically testing things over time, and now that the ad headlines and descriptions are going to be selected to match potential customer search terms, if I see the poor or bad, whatever the term is, headlines and descriptions, the assets, and they say to pause those or turn those off, does that mean I should now edit my responsive ad and get rid of those poor performing ones that they say to get rid of and now mix in new ones based on the search terms I'm seeing. I think I want to do that because it lines up to the testing thing and matching the search terms. And once you start seeing the search terms, then you can then create those assets that match those search terms in mm -hmm. the ad copy. Mm -hmm. And also it matches up with their like turn off the poor or bad performing assets that they say are poor. The, the reason I think I may start doing this is because we'll see later on, you're only allowed three responsive ads in an ad group anyway. So it's not like you can just create a bunch more and more and more over time. So updating ads with new assets might be something I do going forward. It's a little scary to say because I don't know how much it's going to reset things. Yeah. But it seems like that may be somewhere we have to go. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um I'm I'm curious what 2022 is going to bring for performance and reporting and the what what I want is I want I want a connection between what it's saying it's choosing and where what it's choosing from. So I want a connection between the search term or the keyword and the ad. But but Chris what we, what we always tell people is when you're a great Google Ads manager, you're able to infer data like that and just and make decisions without actually seeing the data and i think that's what we're going to have to do yeah. because they're not going to give maybe long term they'll add more and more reporting to match the complexity of responsive search ads but right now they're not and i think we're going to have to make gut feel decisions like hey i'm seeing some assets that are being marked as poor i'm seeing a lot of new search terms come in I want to get my ad updated by removing the poor stuff, adding in the good search terms that I'm seeing. 
I'm I think it's worth taking that risk and seeing what happens. And then you see what happens, and then you kind of go off these gut feels and intuitions that you build up with Google Ads over time. And you I think you'll just have to judge it with things like click through rate, conversion rate. Not only that, but we've seen it ourselves. Responsive ads sometimes get served way, way more oh, often yeah. than expanded text ads. So you might start judging like impression share um, as a metric with your ad copy. or And that can lead to a gut feel like, hey, I updated the ad two weeks ago and wow, things have really taken off in terms of yeah. like volume and the client's super happy. So you may have to make those decisions without uh, getting the data. So Chris, um, there's another section here. I called it interesting nuggets um, and they share some tips. I'm going to go through these and then kind of let me know what stands out. Assets can be shown in any order. So make sure they make sense individually or in combinations and don't violate our policies or local law. <laughs> but you can show assets in any order and make sure they make sense individually that's a tough one yeah. because sometimes 25 characters or whatever the headline is, it's hard to, hard to, uh, may, it might be 50 now, but it's hard to make that make sense sometimes, especially if you're doing those secondary headlines about like, uh, you know, get a free quote in five minutes, something like that. And I don't know if, I don't think you're going to read it in, in, in one of these snippets here, but one of the things that was in the document that, that I read, it talks about how Google chooses headlines to reduce redundancy in the ads but i'll tell you what they got some work to do on that because we've talked about this in previous episodes that it seems like if it likes one headline and that headline is very close to the search term and you have two or three different iterations of that headline but just kind of in different orders or different wording synonyms things like that it will pick that and show it multiple times. So let's say chiropractor near me, you know, great chiropractor near you and uh, find a chiropractor near you. I mean, like, it'll show all three of those in, in one headline. And I feel like that is a really frustrating part of, of what happens re with responsive because it's trying to pick for the best combination, the most relevancy, but it feels like relevancy is a little heavier and it should focus instead on CTR or something like that. And I just found it ironic that it actually stated it in well, the article. It, it's a more powerful tool than expanded text ads. So I think we're just going to have to make it. One of my takeaways, we're just going to have to make better ad copy. Yeah. Um, using kind of bland or redundant ad copy or redundant headlines. is just going to cause problems now that we're dealing with such a, sophisticated tool. Um, they say it's recommended to have one responsive search ad per ad group with at least good or excellent ad strength. There's a limit. Okay. So there's also, they say there's a limit of three enabled responsive ads per ad group. I did not know that until I had read this. Um, you look back at a lot of my old campaigns, expanded text ads, and then especially before those, the, the smaller ads were so easy to create and they were so limited by space. So you wanted to try a bunch of different things, mm -hmm. 10, 12 ads, 15 oh, yeah. ads. Sure. That was not uncommon because they were so easy to create and there was such a need to test different stuff. Now we're going in the opposite direction. You can't even have more than three enabled responsive search ads in an ad group. Yeah. So that's going to kind of limit the, the world we're living in here. And then they say to have at least one responsive search ad with at least good or excellent. I'm going to take that tip seriously, Chris, because there's a lot of quality score stuff and ad rank that goes into 
ad quality and maybe if even if they don't show that ad every time and they show your other responsive ads maybe having good or excellent does something to the algorithm where it kind of checks off that ad quality box on quality score maybe tell me the truth how often do you hit the good or excellent in your responsive ads it depends where my mindset is because anytime I want to hit it, I can hit it. You sure. just kind of manipulate the headlines you can, to do it. But, but for me, I, I always find a balance, and I'm sure you do too, where you're like, well, yeah, I could repeat this word three more times and it'll give me excellent. But really, I want this in here. I want Which that we in made, there. Which we made the decision to get away from that because yeah. we got to focus on the ad copy. And we're, I'm usually uh, at average. I usually sit at average. That's where a lot of my ads are. And, and this is where it's tough because you can read into this too much or too little because maybe they're recommending this to users who aren't very good right. and they think that grader helps them overall and will just help the system overall. Because they write crappy ads in the first place. And they're, yeah, they're talking to people ads. that write horrible ads from the beginning. Yeah. And and have no thought to the keyword right. usage or stuff. Right. As opposed to maybe I'm reading too much into it where I'm thinking this has to do with quality score. I don't think so. Or anything like that. So, no, I think you're right. Uh, it's a, Okay, so earlier we had a strongly encouraged, and there's something about that encouraged word. It's yeah. Like a, a little, <laughs> it's little, little jab. push in the back. Little, <laughs> Get up there. <laughs> no, yeah, so strongly encouraged feels a little strong to me, and recommended feels a little like, mm, okay, maybe mm-hmm. they're just speaking to – basic users and and i don't have to worry about that much too much so thank you for that advice i'm gonna just do what the plan was which is to kind of forget that greater tool for now and just come up with amazing ad copy and just judge the data as it comes in uh chris i was hearing about things uh before the show and you could say a show before a show and now i want to show inside the show so we're going to take a music break here let's go and uh, I'm going to get a little dance from you, and then we're going to get back to talk about how responsive search ads can help you and how they work. So we'll do that right after the break. Welcome back. Before we get started on the rest of the items about responsive searches, I want to remind you to check out Optio if you haven't already. I'll, I tell you the truth when I say that many of our listeners, many of the people who take part in this show by responding to us and chatting with us on social media, they have told us through email in many ways uh, that they love Optio, that they are users of Optio. They has become a regular tool in their tool belt. You're you're, you're not doing yourself any favors by not trying it for free, and uh, there's really no risk. Try it out and see if it becomes a daily part of your checking of the accounts in the way that it has for many users. It is a recommended tool from the Paid Search Podcast. You trust us. You listen to us every week. Try this out. Great little tool. Use the link in the description to get an eight-week free trial by using the chat box and letting them know you heard about it here on the Paid Search Podcast. Chris, it's January 6th. When's the last time you did CrossFit? Uh, this morning. I'm when was the last time before that? Uh, the morning before that. I've done it three. Okay. I've, okay. I'm, I'm back, Jason. Right, I'm back. He's back. Look at that. Okay. See that? Oh, oh wow. That's, that's like, it's like an apple. Is that an apple? Did I get an apple? It's like a watermelon, yeah, <laughs> right in, inside your arm. <laughs> Popeye. That's my podcast. Yeah. Popeye. 
So how can responsive search ads help you? The benefits, uh, we're reading from the help talk now. Responsive search ads can help you create flexible ads that adopt to devices, device widths, giving you more room to share your message with potential customers. Uh, Chris, that's one thing I do really like about responsive ads. One thing that's been frustrating over the years is sometimes clients will pick out a competitor's ad and say, why does their ad have this many yeah. headlines? Or why does yep. their ad have yep. this many characters? And now we could just say, because responsive ads are flexible <laughs> yeah, and they can show not my basically fault. in any it's, format. It's yeah. Google. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Yeah. It's a, it's a great kind of just cop out. Hey, can't control it. Yeah. So I like that. Um, responsive search ads help you save time by providing multiple headline and description options, allowing Google ads to show the most relevant combinations to your customers. I like the saving time aspect. Hmm. I miss the control aspect, but it's gone. I I mean, I really feel like a prediction for 2022, it's a bad time for predictions because we're already in it, but it hasn't happened yet. And I really do feel like we're going to have more tools. I feel like that is a huge hole. If they want people to embrace responsive, they're going to have to give us more reporting more more innovative decision making rather than just hey this is this is some of the ads we showed most most often yeah if the responsive ads are tied to search terms like it said earlier in the documentation i would love if we got some kind of ad asset or ad columns yeah. inside the search terms oh, report man. that'd be amazing and uh, as we're speaking here like google allowing google to show more most relevant combinations to your customers that means more automation and if we had to make a choice, like, is there more automation in keywords or more automation in ads? I will live with more automation in ads if we can continue to control to a large extent our searches that we show up on. That's kind of the, still the most important thing. Very well put. I I absolutely agree with that. I, yeah, yeah, it just doesn't bother. The ad copy stuff doesn't bother me as much because we're still making the ad copy. Because you're limited. Our ads. You're, you're always limited by creativity when it comes to ad copy. And by I, what you put in the yeah, system. I absolutely admit that there are too many things that can be searched that could be qualifiers for how a person will click or see or respond based on time of day or what other searches they did before. That I mean, that absolutely can be a big thing. But uh, yeah, I well said. I I had never thought so about it that way, but I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this next one two ways. I'm gonna read it first, and I'm gonna say something else. Tailor your headlines and descriptions to your customers' locations, regular locations, or locations of interest. So that's the first way to read it. Okay. Second way to read it is responsive search ads help you tailor your headlines and descriptions to your customers' locations, regular locations, and locations of interest. What I'm saying there is the first time I read it, I still had that old school Google mindset where it's like, oh, I can match my ads to my user locations. And what I want to emphasize is, no, dummy. They're not talking that's not about you. you. Yeah. That's not you doing it. They're talking about the ad response, responsive ad system itself matching good headlines and descriptions that you put in there that perform well for based on the user's locations, regular locations or locations of interest. So that tells me to a more extent than I've been doing, we should be loading up these responsive ads with what I call geo words, just like I have geo keywords, movers in Plano or dentist in Plano, movers in Dallas. Yeah. Dallas, Plano, those kind of terms should be peppered throughout the ad copy. It sounds like it sounds like that's an important thing for Google. Yeah. I, it's again, we don't know to what extent, but 
it w- it is not a stretch at all to think that Google uses personalized search results to make determinations of this based on demographics, based on previous search history, based on audience, what audience they're a part of, location. Yeah, makes sense. So he, here's that question then. if I mean, if you're running a campaign in the entire Dallas-Fort Worth metro area and users are all over that area, does that mean you need to load your ads with words like Dallas, words like Fort Worth, and Google will choose when to show those words to users based on their location? Taking a leap of faith, but it might work amazing based on what we're reading here in the in the uh, help. I'll tell you what. I mean, it would be dumb if you put New York and Dallas in the same ad, right? I mean, those aren't relevant. Those aren't close. Those aren't going to be people in the same neighborhood. But, you know, if it if it's in a, you know, within a certain area, I don't think it's too much of a risk. I like the idea. A lot of people run um, statewide campaigns for different things. And so now maybe... In your responsive ads, you have some of the major cities as, as different headlines. And it chooses based on their geographic location. Boy, that's God, why, why did I give that away? On that the show? sounds beautiful. That's a good one. Isn't that a good one? That mindset is nice. Thing there? That sounds yeah, just a test. So maybe easy. it won't work, but it's good to test, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, and again, this goes back to this number one gripe of the, the episode. The thing is, we we you won't know because you'll only see uplift in the CTR. You won't necessarily know. You might why. see uplift in impressions, though. Yeah, you won't know why, and that's where you're going to have to make decisions, right? Um, and the other kind of hard part about this is someone listening to this might try that geo multi geo ad copy strategy on one responsive ad and get amazing results because say they're in the moving industry, but then someone might try it in the in the uh, HVAC industry, and for whatever reason, Google's algorithm isn't as geo-focused in that because those companies cover larger areas or something. I don't know. So forget those two industries, but it this just might, the geo strategy might work better in different industries versus other ones. Um, reach more potent, potential customers with multiple headlines and description options that give your ads the opportunity. All right, Chris. Oh, here we, okay. All right. Okay, these last two, this is the kind of golden stuff that I was talking about in terms of like mind-blowing stuff and everything's changing and people don't even realize it. Okay, so listen to these closely. Okay. We're going to read both and let's hit one at a time. Responsive search ads can help you reach more potential customers with multiple headline and description options that give your ads the opportunity to compete in more auctions. Hold on, Chris. And match more queries. All right, we'll hit that in a second. Responsive search ads help you increase ad group performance by attracting more clicks and conversions that your existing text ads aren't capturing because responsive search ads help you compete in more auctions. So whether it's your ad group performance that allows you to compete in more auctions, the second thing we read, or it's your headlines and description options, having more of those match more auctions and more search queries you're able to show up more we know we kind of knew about the more auctions thing because you could just feel getting more impressions from responsive ads and then you could see it really yeah you could see it the thing that really blows my mind is the more queries so to me more queries i don't know if that means like if it was just more of them, I of the same queries, I would think that would be covered by the more auctions language. I take match more queries 
to tell me that if you do, depending on how you do your responsive ads, all right, you got two advertisers, Jason and Chris, and we're not going to say which one's better, but you have Jason and Chris. Jason and Chris are advertising for a different dentist in Plano and they're going head to head. Jason and Chris have the same 20 keywords in their Plano ad group, okay? But one of their responsive ads is better or just different and the queries that one of us can show up on are going to be different than the queries the other person can show up on based on our ad copy. Yeah. Now, there's going to be 25% of the audience that just doesn't care about this because 25% of people are always wrong and dumb in general. <laughs> but don't worry if you're listening, you're definitely in the smart I'm 75%. I'm sure it's lower for this podcast, Jason. <laughs> and some people just won't care about this, but some people will realize how revolutionary this is. Are you telling me that now it's not just my keywords that are determinant of what searches I show up on, but it's also my ad copy determining what searches I show up on? Am I reading that the right way? Is your mind blown? I, I, so here's how I see it. And I agree that this is implying something that is new because there is no friggin' way that that language was in expanded text ads. What I think it's saying is that relevancy between search term and keyword and ad copy can be accelerated to the point that you would actually show up on something that you would not no. normally show up on somewhere else. I don't think it's targeting. I don't think it's... I, I do, because I think that's sexier, that's cooler, that's that's more interesting. Because if it was just about you now have more ad rank and your ad is now more relevant to more searches, then you show up in more... Well, maybe you're right. You show up in more auctions and match more queries. You're saying... You could always have the chance to match these queries, but one ad could not reach as many. Right. We're saying the same thing in two different ways, because if one ad could not match as many queries, then you could never show up on them. And now if you can show up on them and what you put in your ad determines to some extent what queries you show up on, you're now going to show up on more queries like you're saying, but I'm also saying you're going to show up on them because of what you put in your ad. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, I'm saying that the gasoline I put in my car is the reason I can go forward. And you're saying, no, it's because I'm moving the steering wheel and pressing the gas. No, the gasoline enables the steering wheel and the gas to work. It's a good thing I have two ears because I'm going to let that metaphor go in one and come outside the other <sighs> very quickly a, without a, letting it influence me because that was a horrible that metaphor. That was a good one. And I can very much think of... um think of a better one i'm sure i'm saying 3d smart glasses that we all know are coming to the world probably at some point augmented reality Mm -hmm. you're saying the dark matter was always there and you could have seen it if you if if you had been (laughs) able to see it i'm saying we can now see the dark matter because we have the tool to see it that was that no no really dark matter and uh, no you got to bring it to the level so people, oh gosh, cars and gasoline, Jason. That's what a metaphor is made of. Chris, I'm just saying, um, I'm saying this. If you have a keyword like office movers and commercial movers, those two kind of searches together, they can fit in the same ad group. What I'm saying is if your ad, your responsive ad only uses office words, 
Yes, you're still going to show up on commercial movers because you have commercial movers phrase match. And you'll show up on many commercial moving searches. But I'm saying if you then start also putting in commercial mover headlines in your ad, then you will show up on different searches and more commercial moving searches than the competitor that had the same commercial and office keywords as you, but only had office in their in their, in their responsive ad, which now means your responsive ads play a role in the searches you show up on. I agree. This is crazy. This is crazy, Chris. I agree with this you. This is different. I, but I think it has to do with relevancy and not targeting. That's all. There's so much temptation to fight with you. Because it doesn't, it's good drama for the show, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. There's no matter. reason to do it. Yeah, there's just, no reason to I just, do it. Yeah, I do enjoy it. I, yeah, we're just like, yeah. it is fun. Like, everybody's but, like, yeah, everybody's no like reason move, to do on, it. move on, move <laughs> on. Let's go. No, we can't move. There is no moving on from this. Every time you make responsive ads now, you have to have the mindset that what you're putting in there is influencing the searches that you're eligible to show up on. That's crazy. That's a new thing. Yeah. Brand new. And so let's move on. Because that's what you do in life, Chris. Mm-hmm. You just yeah, stuff move. happens. You just got just keep, keep moving, keep going. Yeah. That right. hurt. That well, hurt, and I'm moving. We'll wrap up here. Uh, number five here. Uh, how responsive search ads work. So how it works, and we're going to read from the help here. The more headlines and descriptions you enter, the more opportunities Google Ads has to serve ads that more closely match your potential customer search queries, which can improve your ad performance. Okay, mind blown here. Mm. Mind blown here. Mind blown here. Come back, mind. Okay, come back. It's back. Chris, if someone doesn't like the whole updated phrase and all that kind of stuff, are you now telling me by only entering in the minimum number of headlines and the minimum number of uh, descriptions and keeping it as simple and closely focused on the keywords that you want to show up on, the searches, search queries you want to show up on, you can now improve the tightness of your search terms if that's what you're going for even if you give up some ad score because you're not feeding it a bunch and they say your ad relevance is lower but you're like i don't care because (laughs) if i pay a little more per cost per click and have a lower quality score because i know i'm going to narrow what i'm showing up should i have even known that should i have figured out can i go get my mail am i I going to get my mail safely in the morning are they going to take me off the street (laughs) on the back of a motorcycle pop pop so that's it for jason so you're you're saying new podcast host what am i going to do that's Did insane. I I'd, okay. I that is a really interesting line that you've drawn there. So you're saying if I wanted to show up on dentists and not anything else, dentists is not good because people don't search variations. Let's say I wanted to show up for uh, HVAC, you know, and and I only no, no, wanted okay, to show up one step further. Payroll software providers, payroll software companies, phrase and exact. I only want to show up when someone's actually looking so you don't for a choose, payroll company so you to hire. Do not use the word taxes. You do not use the word. You know, uh, you don't use anything except for those words. And it's you just you just go very limited. The minimum number of headlines, minimum number of descriptions, payroll company, blah blah blah, or uh, payroll software provider, or whatever. You just you make it a little better, but you but you don't go on and on with all the different keywords and stuff. That that's you do. insane. Does does that work? Do, do, should we know it works? There's should a test. Too deep here, Jason. We yeah, set up an ad test. group. We set up an ad group for some very specific exact match search, and then mm-hmm. we have an ad that we one ad group. It has an ad that uh, has all kinds of different keywords in it, really wide variety of things, and then we have another ad that has like the minimum three 
or four, whatever it is. Whatever the minimum. It's surprising how minimum you can do on yeah, a response. Yeah, I think you have to do three. I think it's yeah. three and then one headline or two or something like that, or one description, I mean. So you do that, and it's only the same word over and over again or something. That would, that's what, that would answer the question. And you see the search queries on the different – that you have the same set of keywords, and you see what searches you what show What search up terms show up on each one. That's it. Yeah. That's – there's some engineer there just laughing at me. They're just like, okay, we'll just dial up yeah, the we'll search just- terms you don't see. <laughs> you dummies. We'll just dial it up. Yeah. No, stupid. No, don't do that. Oh, we're, no, we're just we're just running on a treadmill that's always just like being pulled out from under. <laughs> yeah, we us, think you know? we're in the rat race. We're like, we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. Like just hamsters on a wheel. Chris. <laughs> I know. That's you like, and we're me getting doing somewhere. Show. Hundreds we're of really episodes. We're really getting in, somewhere. Hamsters on a wheel here. <laughs> Oh, All right. boy. A- after you enter headlines and descriptions, Google Ads assembles the text into multiple ad combinations in ways that avoid redundancy. So we talked about that's that. That's it. That's the line I was laughing at before because that's yeah. bull crap. They totally well, focus I know, on but redundancy. For, I know. I know, but from their perspective, if if all you feed them is redundancy, then they only have so many options. The, the system. Yeah. The computer system only no. has so many options. Um. Unlike expanded text ads, you can provide up to 15 headlines and four descriptions for a single response to search ad. So they're just saying the more you feed it, the more combinations that they can try. Uh, Next, in any given ad, a maximum of three headlines and two descriptions will be selected to show in different combination and orders. Part of your ad text may automatically appear in bold when it matches or closely matches the user search query over time. Google Ads will test the most promising ad combinations and learn which combinations are the most relevant for search for different queries. So, yeah, that, that's back to the whole thing here, Chris, is we just would love to be able to know which combos are matching up to which queries and, yeah. I don't and be th- able to make some decisions. I don't there. think there's not too much to be taken from I don't those. think they're going to give us that. I think the most that they'll give us is um, keyword and uh, ad copy rel- uh, uh combinations that they might give us, but I don't think that they'll give us search term query data with ad copy. I, I don't think that's yeah. going to happen, but anyway, really, really eye opening. But isn't there a lot of new stuff in it there, is. especially the, and this is how just, much it's tied to queries and this, this is halfway ju- through. Yeah, yeah. This is just the help doc guys. That's what we're reading from. So, you know, we're, we're getting in some Google ads theory. We're speculating, but that's, you know, that's what makes you better. That's what makes you test and try new things and uh, become a Google ads specialist like uh, like my friend Jason here. So, um, Jason, thank you for this. Very educating. Yeah. And uh, we'll do more. I, th- I agree. Let's dive into the rest of this uh, next week. And uh, before we say goodbye, Jason, how can the people reach out and touch Mr. Roth? Yeah. Yeah, uh, my plug this week, I'm going to go with my Twitter, at RothmanPPC. I'm building it back up. I'm at one follower, and I really appreciate that person. But I'd like to just get a few Thanks, more. Mom. So if you can just look up, <laughs> you can just look up uh, at RothmanPPC on Twitter. Uh, I will be there uh, tweeting and sharing a lot of uh, Google Ads content here in 2022. What about you, Chris? I want to remind people that I can be um, your personal Google Ads consultant. If you want to reach out to me, I offer hourly consulting. Very popular. There's a bit of a waiting list, but you get in now, you'll get in sooner. So chrisschafer.com, you can join me for personal consulting or join my Patreon group for access to a very cool group of people. 
Okay, thanks, Chris, and we will see everyone next week.